The Productive Woman, Episode 311. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I will share with you my conversation with educator, writer, and mom, Autumn McKay. You'll find more information about Autumn along with links to resources she recommends, a gift she has for you, and various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 311. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Autumn McKay. Autumn has a degree in early childhood education and has been certified to teach in several states where she's taught both in the classroom and as an online teacher. And after her first son was born, she wanted to be involved in helping him learn and grow. So she started to develop color lessons to help kind of engage his developing mind. But she also wanted to help other moms who are dealing with hectic schedules, time restraints, those sorts of things. And so her own interest interest in helping her children develop and her interest in helping other moms led her to write her first book, Toddler Lesson Plans, Learning Colors. And she's continued to create books for preschoolers, which we will talk about, I'm sure, because she has a passion for helping moms educate their children in a fun, low prep way that she shares on her blog, bestmomideas.com. She lives with her husband and their three children in the state of Georgia here in the United States, where she enjoys spending time with her family and reading nonfiction books that help her think outside the box. And I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Autumn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, I'm so pleased that you were able to take some time away from the things you've got going on to chat with me a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk about how you're doing the things you do and how you're being productive in a a way that's meaningful to you. Uh, But maybe before we get into that, uh, I, you know, I gave a little bit of an introduction of you, but Maybe you could tell us a little more about who you are, what you do, whatever whatever you think would be helpful for us to know as we uh, chat about how you are making a life that matters. Sure. I was a teacher for a few years before we um, decided to start a family. And once we decided to start a family, um, I wanted to stay home with my children so that I could be with them as they grew up. And, um, but I kind of got bored, I guess you would say. Um, I just felt like I was losing myself and being at home just because I wasn't having a lot of like adult interaction. Mm-hmm. So to curb that boredom, I decided to start creating activities or lessons to do with my child that would help him grow and develop, but also to just give me something to do for myself. And then my husband suggested that I share it with other moms. And so uh, his encouragement helped me to start bestmomideas.com. 
And you've got a lot of great stuff on your blog on the website there. And I will definitely have a link to that in the show notes for those who are listening who might be interested in the sorts of things you're publishing there. And we're going to get into that a little bit more later. But I, you know, I, I was smiling as you were kind of talking about what led you to where you are, because I think a lot of women these days feel what you described that, you know, we love our kids, want to be home with them, but we also have this education and this, you know, background and this brain that we would like to use in a productive way. And finding an outlet for that can um, sometimes be challenging, but it, it sounds like you really pulled your two worlds together, so to speak, to do something that was an outlet for you, uh, something that benefited your children, but also can benefit other moms. And so I think that's a, a great mixture of activity there. Well, thank you. Yeah, I want to talk about kind of the nitty gritty of how you're doing the things you're doing because you're raising kids. How, how old are your kids right now? Six, four, and just turned three. Yeah, so they need some attention. They need some supervision. Uh, so that takes, I'm sure, a fair amount of your time. You've got this blog that you're doing lots of great work with. You've written several books that we'll talk about in a bit. And I'm sure you have other things that you're doing. And I want to talk about how how you're doing those things, how you're managing those different roles and those different commitments and interests. And before we get into that, I think it's helpful for us to have a little bit of context for the kinds of things that that you do to, to be productive. So as at that backdrop, if there is such a thing for you these days as a typical day, what might that look like? So my typical day, I wake up my husband and I both wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and that is our, my husband goes and works out and that is my work time. I can work in peace and quiet and without any distractions for about three hours before my kids get up. And then once they get up, I put work away and I focus on them. I get them ready for the day. Then we have breakfast. And so my two oldest, they go to school. They go to a hybrid school, which means that they go to school in person uh, two days a week. And then the other three days are homeschool days. So depending on which day it is, they'll either go to school or we'll start their school assignments. So if they're at home, then we do their school assignments in the morning after they've had time to have breakfast and a little bit of playtime. And so they each have their assignments. And then I also have an activity for my three-year-old just to keep her busy and entertained while I'm helping them, my two oldest, with their school assignments. Then we usually do lunch and maybe like outside time or something like that. And then um, their nap time or rest time is from about one to three. And then that's where my next work break is. So I'll usually work one to three, maybe one to four, depending on if they are entertained with like independent play or something like that, then I work out. Sometimes they work out with me. Um, we'll do like yoga together or jumping jacks or squats or whatever. Then we play for a little bit. I work on dinner and then we have family time and then they're usually in bed by eight. I usually go to bed right after that since we get up at 430. 
Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I, I, my eyebrows went up when I heard that you get up at four 30. That's sounds like a great idea, especially for people with young kids, but you really, I would think have to be pretty disciplined about getting yourself to bed. Um, at a you know reasonable time in order for that to work and for you to have the ability you know the energy and the ability to focus throughout the day um, you got to have a certain amount of sleep uh, in order to do that yeah. yeah i used to be a night owl i would stay up late but i found that i was typically more productive in the morning so i started getting up earlier and then just going to bed earlier uh, like I would stay up late, but I would not be productive in the evening. I would just like want to watch a show and chill out or something. So I decided to flip it around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think that's something worth thinking about for a lot of us. I mean, you know, I'm at a different stage of life. My children are all grown and gone, but I remember those days very vividly when I had, you know, five young kids at home and, different things that I wanted to do. And so finding that time and having the discipline to take advantage of the time to get some sleep. Uh, it sounds like you have a pretty good routine in place for your family. And I think that's really important, especially these days as we're recording this, you know, we're still in the throes of a worldwide pandemic that has changed day-to-day life for a lot of us. And, um, when, when you have young children at home having, I would, at least I found, and I'd be interested in your thoughts since you've, you know, studied and have that degree in early childhood education. My, my feelings when my kids were young is they really did better with a, a sort of predictable routine. We, you know, we'd vary from, sometimes and just do something spontaneous, but having regular bedtimes and nap times and that sort of thing made a big difference in their frame of mind and therefore my frame of mind uh, during the days. Yes. We, we have been on schedules and routines since they were brought home from the hospital. We all focus better and we all know what to expect. So we function a lot better with routines and schedules. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, every person's life's a little different. Um, For each of us, our life presents different challenges as far as staying productive in the way that we want to be and, and getting those things done that really matter to us. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing the things you have going on in your life? One of my biggest challenges is feelings of like mom guilt. Like if I have some projects that I need to get done or emails that I really need to respond to or anything like that, and it's not during my regular work hours, I feel guilty for working instead of focusing on my kids since that was my initial goal for staying home with them. So that's a big challenge for me. How do you deal with that? Because I think we all go, you know, I certainly felt that way at times when my kids were home. And I hear it a lot from other young moms that I know. How do you deal with that? One way I deal with it is I explain to them that I need to work for this amount of time and then we can do whatever you want to do, Legos or whatever. But I explain that I know it's not normal that I work at this time, 
but I need this amount of time to get this done and then we can do something fun. And I think them hearing me explain it instead of just saying, I need to work. I think that helps them understand that it's just this occasional thing. It's not pushing them away, I guess. Yeah. I think it helps our kids to see that we love them. They're, you know, the most important people in our lives, but we are also human beings who have other commitments, other responsibilities, other interests and things that are important to us. And I think, you know, as a mom, my feeling has always been, uh, it's good for them to see that and finding that balance between spending every waking moment, you know, fixated on them and letting them see us pursuing other things that matter to us. I think both of those things are important for them as they grow up, as they get older, they see, okay, it's all right to, you know, you can love somebody and still have these other things that you want to do. And it's okay to pursue these other things that are of interest to you or that are, you know, goals that you have. That's a really good point. I like that. So anything else? I mean, I know a lot of moms have trouble, not just moms, a lot of us as women have trouble you know, saying no. Sometimes we have trouble, you know, keeping our workspace or our homes organized so we can find the things we need. Anything else like that? Or is the mom guilt kind of the big thing for you? Saying no was a big challenge for me. I used to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Then I had to like prioritize my time, like what would be most beneficial for me to do. So I just had to kind of think selfishly, I guess. (laughs) I just had to make sure it would be good for me to put my time into projects and good for my family and my business. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to say no because you think, well, there's an opportunity, whether it's an invitation to speak somewhere or an invitation to lead some project at work or wherever. And we think, well, you know, I shouldn't pass this opportunity because it could build my resume or whatever. But to remind yourself that that's not the last opportunity that's going to come my way. And the question to ask ourselves in a moment like that is, is this the best use of my time and my energy and my attention right now? Is this going to make the, the, biggest positive difference in my life and in the lives of the people I care about? Or would it be better to let somebody else have this opportunity, who it might be a better fit for at this time in my life right now with everything else I'm looking at, right? Exactly. Yeah. But it's hard. You know, we like to make people happy. And so there's always that inclination to say, well, I can do it. So maybe I should do it that's something I've struggled with for years to, to be able to say just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do it right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So in terms of getting the things done and sort of managing, whether it's your space there in your home, your workspace or your time, are there any particular tools you like or resources you recommend for, for doing that? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a good old fashioned paper and pen to do list kind of person. So I like to make a to do list of everything I have going on and then cross it off. It feels so good to cross it <laughs> off. <laughs> I also 
each morning when I wake up, at, I have a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And it's a gratitude journal I wrote for mom, but I use it myself. I wrote it for myself, but I like share it with other moms. Yeah. It's called Full Life Gratitude Journal for Moms. And in that journal, it has like one goal for the day. And I use that space to write down one thing I need to get done that day to make my day feel productive. Mm. So every day I just write down one goal for the day. Like if I can't do anything else and if I can only do that one thing, then my day will feel productive. So I like to use that. Then I break that goal down into a to-do list on paper and pen and what I need to do to accomplish that goal. I also use a teacher planner just to help me organize what my children's schoolwork is and what activities I want to do with my preschooler. And then I also use Google Calendar to remember podcast interviews or project deadlines. It just helps to set a reminder for myself for what I have coming up. Yeah. That is so important. I mean, for years, I've said, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Exactly. (laughs) I spend a lot of time between my legal practice and and things I do for the productive woman, spend a lot of time at my computer. And, you know, I, I only half jokingly say when my computer dings at me, I get up and go do what it tells me to do. And if it doesn't ding at me, I'll just sit there with my head down working and, and, you know, blow right past something. So for me, it's very important to set those reminders for, you know, whether it's an appointment somewhere or a project, a phone call, something like that, that I need to do, or, you know, birthdays, I set the alerts for a week or so ahead of time. So I can try to remember to get a card, get a gift, do something about it. But anything like that, for me, it's just crucially important to have it on the calendar. Yes, I agree. If it doesn't alert me, then it totally goes out of my head. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't happen. (laughs) And I used to, you know, years ago when, when our kids were all home and before everything was digitized, I always had a kind of a, a calendar with big squares, usually on the side of the refrigerator. And my kids, as they were you know, still home, still in school, but old enough to have activities. Uh, I was told them, if you've got something that needs my help or attention, if you need a ride somewhere, you need, you know, whatever, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. So you don't, you don't just tell me, but you got to put it on the calendar. And cause I look at it, I would look at it every day. As we got older, everybody got older and we got more technology. We have shared calendars. So if I'm doing something that my husband needs to know about, he's going to see it on my calendar and vice versa. Yeah. My husband and I, we share a calendar also, but I like how you made your kids responsible for putting their activities on the calendar. Yeah. That's a really good way to like teach them responsibility. You know, for, for us, you have three kids. We had, we, well, we still have five. And <laughs> for me to keep track of everything in my head, it just wasn't going to happen. I'm just not that smart. And so it really was, it didn't take more than once for a kid to not get to do something because you didn't tell me it wasn't on the calendar and I had other plans. I can't go. So you'll, you'll have to miss that. That's, it only took about once for them to, 
to understand that mom's serious here. I, I can only hold so many <laughs> things in my brain here. Uh, and uh, it's on you to get it there. And, and then I can plan around it. I want to talk about your gratitude journal, because that was something I noticed, you know, as I was looking around on your blog and on your website. And so you developed this gratitude journal. Tell me again what the title of it is. It's called the Full Life Gratitude Journal for Mom. Yeah. Why did you decide to develop that specifically for moms? A couple of years ago, I was struggling with mom burnout. I was just in a blah mood all the time. Like I would wake up very negative and I just wasn't happy like I had been. I guess I wasn't finding the good in the day. I was always focusing on the negative. Mm. And so my husband and I, we listened to a lot of podcasts and we had noticed that a lot of well-to-do people had mentioned in their podcast interviews that they practice gratitude each morning when they wake up. Mm. And I kind of just like took a mental note of it. I didn't practice it at that time, but my husband did. So he started practicing gratitude before he would go to the gym each morning. Just like 10 minutes, he would meditate and think about three things he was grateful for that day. After about a month, I noticed a huge shift in his attitude and his demeanor towards me and mm. the kids, like respectfulness. And not that he wasn't respectful before or anything, but he started doing the dishes for me each morning. And in the eight years prior, he has never once touched a dish. So <laughs> <laughs> there was a big shift in just how much he appreciated each of us individually. So I was like, I'll try it. It can't hurt. Maybe it will help a little bit. So I started to practice gratitude when I would wake up each morning. I would sit in a quiet spot and think about three things I was grateful for. And I don't know if other women are this way, but when I sit, my mind just goes in so many directions. Like one thing will trigger a thought of, for something else. And then that will trigger another thought. It's just I have very spaghetti-like brain where everything is connected. And it was hard for me to focus on just those three things I was grateful for. I was already like thinking about what I needed to get done that day and everything. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start journaling. That really helped me to stay focused on what I was grateful for. And then I also write down my goal and I write down affirmations for myself because I know as women we tend to look down on ourselves. Mm. So I write down some affirmations just to keep my confidence up. Then I also have a prayer spot. And then each evening I write down like a daily win I had or a lesson I learned. Mm. So that's what I do for myself. And I thought that other moms would also be able to benefit from that practice as well. There's so much good there. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast in the past that, you know, there's countless studies out there about the benefits of a grateful mind. Thankful people are happier and more productive. There's all the evidence in the world for this. Tons of studies have been done. But I love the way you kept talking about this, not in terms of be grateful, but practice gratitude. We have to practice it, don't we? I, we do. Yeah, for a lot of us. I mean, I say it's because of my legal training. My husband says I've always been this way. 
my mind easily goes to what's going to go wrong, what could go wrong, what, you know, all the, the sort of the negative sides. I just, my mind wants to go that direction. And I, part of that's just human nature. The amygdala really is uh, interested in protecting us from the lurking saber toothed tiger and it sees them everywhere. (laughs) But to counteract that, because that's no way to live in a modern day world where there are no saber tooth tigers coming after us. It takes intentional practice to be thankful, to, to look past the things we're worried about and look for that thing that we're grateful for. And I firmly believe in any situation, there is always something to be thankful for. But I love the idea of practicing gratitude, doing it on purpose, developing that skill, that thankfulness muscle. I just think that's such a great way to frame it in our minds. Yeah, it's really a great way to start your day. I know a lot of people start with the news, which is typically more negative. So it's just a a great practice to start the day on the right foot. Yeah. And so you developed this journal for your own use and and it's now available for other people. I will definitely put a link to that in the show notes because I like uh, what you described that it does for us. And I like the idea of, of having just the one thing. We can have, you know, mile-long to-do lists that will uh, discourage us before we even get started. But if we can start out by you know, identifying those things that we're grateful for, doing the other things that you talked about in there, the affirmations and and all that sort of thing, and then identify the one thing, you know, Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, talks about this. What's the one thing I can do today that if I don't get anything else done, I'm going to lay my head on the pillow tonight and feel good about how the day went? I just think that's a great idea to really get that front and center right at the start of the day. Let's talk just briefly. You've written a bunch of other books. We talked about, I mentioned it at the beginning, your first book, The Toddler Lesson Plans, Learning Colors. You've written several other books, and I'll put a list of those in the show notes if anybody wants to check those out. Uh, your your focus, your training is in early childhood education. The books all kind of relate around that. I've got sort of what maybe is a, a too too vague and open ended question, but based on the, your experience, your your training, your experience as a mom, and the work you've done in developing these books, can you give a couple of suggestions for moms of preschoolers of how they can, uh, you know, make good use of these these early years in their kids' lives, enjoy the, those early years. I, you know, as a mom whose kids are grown and gone, I can tell you, uh, they, they go by way too fast, but when you're in the midst of it, it can be kind of overwhelming when you're trying to do kind of all the things. Any suggestions or thoughts that you have for, uh, any moms of preschoolers who might be listening and looking for some, some, suggestions on what they can do with their kids to make the best use of and enjoy those early years. Yeah, definitely. For your listeners, I have a freebie that I'll send you a link to, to add in the show notes. It's called the Ultimate Mom Saver Activity Bundle. And it's just six free activities from one of my books and six free coloring pages from one of my husband's books that you guys can get started with if you want to start your own activity time or preschool time at home. 
But to get started or to make good use of that time while they're at home, I would suggest not getting overwhelmed. There are so many great activities on Pinterest and it's easy to get lost in a rabbit hole researching everything. So don't get overwhelmed by looking at that. Just focus on your child's interests and their age range. Like my kids love space. So I would just pick a couple space activities to do for the week. And since I have young children, I only pick maybe one or two activities to do a day. And these activities are 10 to 15 minutes each because as a mom, you know that especially young kids do not have a very long attention span. So you don't want to waste your time planning this huge hour-long thing when they're only going to sit for 10 minutes. Yeah. Children really just want to spend quality time with you. So simple activities with your child is they appreciate it. They don't need anything super extravagant. They just want to spend that quality time with you. Just taking the time to find a couple activities and interests that they like, they're going to love it. And they're going to appreciate that time with you. So if you're just getting started, my recommendation would be to focus on finding one activity a day. Mm. Like a 10, 15, 20-minute activity. Do one a day. Um, and do that for about a week or two. And if they are loving that activity time, then you can expand it and introduce two activities a day. And then you can continue to grow from there if you would like. But really, just having that one or two activities a day, they are going to love and engage so well. And they're going to learn so much in just that one to two activities. Yeah. That's all that I do with my children um, before they went to school is we just do one or two activities a day and they have gained so much knowledge and they really enjoy that time together because that's like our time. I love that. So a mom who's thinking, well, I really should be spending, you know, sitting down with my child for an hour a day, focusing on them and teaching them to read and all these things. Uh, it sounds to me like you're saying it doesn't take that. Your child is not going to be behind if you're not doing that. And in fact, they probably won't enjoy it as much as just a, a brief little time, very focused on them and something that they're interested in doing that a couple times a day. Yes. You want them to enjoy the learning process. Mm -hmm. And if you overwhelm them and yourself, then neither one of you is going to enjoy the learning process. So just start small. And if you guys want to build on it, then you're more than welcome to just remember their attention span. I like to think of their attention span as their age times three to five minutes. Hmm. So like for my three-year-old, I could do a nine to 15 minute activity where she will sit there for nine to 15 minutes. She'll sit longer if she's interested in it and shorter time if she's not interested in it. So just do that amount of time and then take a break or um, have some playtime or something like that. And then if you want to come back and do another activity, then you're welcome to yeah, focus on your child's interest and engagement level. Hmm. 
my feeling when my kids were really young is that the most important thing was for them to, as you said, enjoy the process, learn to love learning. Learn For me, I've been a bookworm for since forever. And one of my primary goals when my kids were very young was I wanted them to grow up loving to read, loving books. And so we always read to them at bedtime and, you know, it wasn't just picture books. We read, you know, when they were preschool age, we were reading, you know, the, a chapter or two from the Chronicles of Narnia books or things even, you know, longer and deeper than that. And they would just be fascinated with the stories and they learned to love to read. And I feel like if a kid likes to learn and, and especially likes to read and loves books and associates those things with good times and fun and enjoyment of mom or whoever the teacher is, that is a skill. Just that loving to learn is something that will take them wherever they want to go in life. Yes. You can always build on that loving to learn. It's just so much harder to build on that skill if, if it's not there. Yeah just creating that environment where they want to learn and they love it is key. Yeah. That's such a great reminder, I think, for all of us who have small children. And I know you've created a lot of different activity guides and different things. I will put links to all those in the show notes and to your website where they can find more. So if someone's wanting to start this practice with their, with their young ones of doing a, you know, little short activities and helping them develop that love of learning and that curiosity and all those things that are, are such important skills as you grow up and go out in the world, they'll be able to find those things. Well, I appreciate you sharing kind of from your expertise and your experience on that. And uh, as you mentioned, you, you've generously offered a gift of this mom saver bundle. I will have the link in the show notes for that, for anybody who wants to download that. Uh, also the link for the gratitude journal and some of those things before we, but I, I've got a couple of things still I want to talk with you about before I let you go. I have to ask you this question because I ask every guest and it's, you know, <laughs> we always learn from, from each other on this question. You've got, we've talked about the routines you have in place and the things you do to sort of manage your, your home and your children and your your business and all these things. And you're obviously very intentional about those things. But even with all that in place, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? I do have those days, unfortunately. To get back on track, I just say to my husband, I'm stressed right now. <laughs> and he'll say, what do I need to do? Just being able to state the fact that I'm stressed and him asking like what he needs to do to help is a real lifesaver to me. Um, mm -hmm. Usually what helps me the most is being able to state what I'm stressed about. And then he, we can talk through ways to decompress, I guess, and mm -hmm. figure out how to make it easier or to solve the problem. One of those things. And then one of the other things I like to do to help me when I get overwhelmed is to create a new to-do list. Just having a clean to-do list really helps me to organize my thoughts and figure out what is priority number one and go from there. Yeah. 
sometimes we build things up in our head to be even bigger and more overwhelming than they actually are. And just that act of pulling out a fresh piece of paper and writing down all the things that you're uh, stressing about or, or trying to hold in your head and get it out there where you can look at it and say, okay, I can deal with this. This is uh, things that are sort of f- nebulously floating around our, in our head cannot be dealt with. They just hang in there, um, building our anxiety level, but getting it out on paper and, um, looking at it with fresh eyes and saying, okay, this can wait till tomorrow. This can wait till next week. I don't need to deal with this at all. Somebody else, my husband could do this thing. Here's the thing that I need to start with. And now you've got an action plan. And uh, for me anyway, that's always a little easier to deal with than just this undefined sense of, oh my gosh, there's so much that has to get done. Yes, exactly. Autumn, I appreciate so much you sharing your thoughts and, you know, kind of how you're managing things these days. What is on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up either professionally or personally that you're looking forward to, excited about? I have a few things I'm excited about. Uh, I'm currently in the process of writing another book. And then personally, we are in the process of building a home. So things are a little hectic right now. Um, But it's a lot of fun. So I just have to remember to keep my list and, <laughs> and stay organized. Yeah. And enjoy the process. Yeah. And that's sometimes easier said than done. We're, we're not building a house, but we are building a kind of a garage slash studio, a, an additional building here uh, on our property. And I'm trying to kind of savor the experience by documenting each stage of it. So when they came out to scrape the ground, I videoed it on my phone, you know, and as they do each next step, I take pictures and and a little video and just so that we, I can kind of enjoy what they're doing and have the memories of captured of the process. Yeah. How close are you to having the house done? Well, they um, just cleared they just graded, so not very <laughs> close. They estimate by Christmas, so oh. hopefully, fingers crossed. But yes, we are also taking pictures and stuff, and we take the kids over to see, so it's a lot of fun to see their faces, especially with the big trucks and stuff. They, they love seeing them. Yeah, I'm sure. So where can people connect with you online, Autumn? If they want to, uh, if any, somebody's got a question or they want to know more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? I am on Instagram at Best Mom Ideas. I'm on Facebook at Best Mom Ideas. I respond to email pretty regularly. So you can uh, contact me at autumn at bestmomideas.com. And then my website like you said, is bestmomideas.com. Great. And we will put links to all of those in the show notes so that uh, if, if somebody's driving and they couldn't write all that down, just you can go <laughs> to to the page for the show notes for this episode and um, click on the link and, and track down Autumn. Well, this has been so great. Before we go, Autumn, do you have any words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in in getting things done and making a life that matters, what what would you say to her? 
just being intentional is great. And just picking one goal to focus on is key to driving yourself to create a life that matters. Yeah. I love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much, Autumn, for taking this time to talk with me. Thank you. I love being on the show. I really enjoyed talking with Autumn, and I am so thankful to her for taking the time to share her thoughts with us on how she's making a life that matters and for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. Be sure to check out her website, and if you're a mama of littles, don't forget to click on the link in the show notes to get her free gift of resources you can use with your kids. Um, I would love to know what you think of the things that Autumn and I talked about. Do you have any questions or comments? You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 311. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you would rather share your thoughts with me privately, I'm always happy to hear them. You can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I will get back to you just as quickly as I can. I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Autumn. I hope you felt like it was a worthwhile use of your time and you found something in it that is helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <music>